Welcome to Beautiful Work, Beautiful Life, the podcast. I'm Laurel Holland, and you'll be joining me with my co-hosts and guests as we dive into how doing your inner work, or the beautiful work, is the amazingly effective pathway to creating the life of your dreams. We hope you discover your passions, your purpose, and your fulfillment, because when you change, the world changes. And when you do your inner work or the beautiful work, you make the world a more beautiful place for all of us. Welcome back to Beautiful Work, Beautiful Life with Laurel and Laurel. We are sharing today on the topic of gratitude in honor of Thanksgiving week. Hello, Laurel. I am so grateful for you. I feel the same about you, Laurel. And good morning. Thank you again for inviting me to be with you. Yeah, yeah. I love our topic today. It's one that's so near and dear to my heart. I first learned about uh, gratitude journaling and keeping, you know, inventory of gratitudes and actually listing out what you were grateful for way back in the late 90s. Do you remember when you first heard about that as a practice, Laurel? Um, I don't remember. I really don't remember. But um, when I first started keeping that gratitude list every day, I did it at the end of my day and I would list three. Mm -hmm. And yep. then I got to the point where three was easy. So I challenged myself with five and then 10. Yeah. Um, but it's so nice to remind myself of all that I have to be grateful for. I know. I know. It's such a beautiful practice. And, you know, there's so many ways to to get into this uh, practice of feeling and experiencing gratitude. So we want to like really speak into some of those today. One of the ones that I just would love for you to share on was something that you shared on an Instagram post not too long ago that was about how you ended your day with your daughters when they were young. And to me, that was gratitude practice and you didn't even know you were doing it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I forgot about that post. So thank you for reminding me. Mm. Um, yeah, it was um, it started when they were really young. It was probably... I'm thinking they were two and four, but it was a time in my marriage and in my household where there was a bit of tension mm -hmm. and um, putting them to bed at night. They always shared a room until, you know, probably they were eight and 10, uh, putting them to bed at night. We just started this practice of happy thoughts, we called it. Mm -hmm. And so one person would start and it would be the next person and the next person. So three of us, and we would just keep going around and around until we really did exhaust all of our happy thoughts. Yeah. Um, but it was the simplest, most beautiful practice because it started with bigger things and then got to things like the blue sky or you know, my favorite pillowcase or really silly things. But it just brought us to this place where we shared together how much we had that made us happy. Yeah. And what a beautiful way to expand the idea of gratitude, because gratitude is really, you know, about feeling a certain kind of feeling. It's not it's not about um, making a list and acknowledging, oh, you know, this and this and this. It's really about 
feeling the feeling to change how you're vibrating to to literally um, become come in sync with a sense of abundance and all that you have right and so this idea of having a happy thought is one of the pathways right to yeah. feeling feeling gratitude because what are you happy about whatever you're happy about is you're grateful for absolutely and it was it was exactly that I mean it was um it was you know the things all around us in everyday ordinary life yeah. that that we were happy to have in our life or that made us feel happy and I think it really grew out of my own practice um that there was a day it was in the 90s and I wanted to be an optimist and I didn't think I was an optimist and it was some cover story on some women's magazine, you know, it. become an optimist, you know, 10 easy steps. And, yeah. um, and happy thoughts kind of was part of that as well. Yeah. Teaching my children that no matter how bad of a day we had, there were always things to be grateful for. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I think that years ago, and I would have said back in probably... Yeah, probably early in the 90s. I think I transitioned somewhere in the 90s. I would have wouldn't have considered myself necessarily an optimistic person either. I think I was conditioned to tune in more to sadness and difficulty and struggling and you know all that kind of stuff because of my sensitivity to what was going on around me. And I think we condition ourselves to be one way or another more than we really understand and know, don't you? I do. I really do. And and some of it is is the expectation of um, other people mm -hmm. and having to fit into a family unit that maybe there wasn't a lot of joy or happiness in, yeah. right? And so how to fit in and how to be almost invisible, right? Mm -hmm. In that in that place. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I think that that's part of shifting the perspective on how much there is around us to be grateful for how much, even in the worst of times, there's still a glimmer of hope and happiness somewhere if yeah. we look for it. Yeah. And I love that you mentioned the changing of the vibration because it does change your vibration and it reprograms your neuropathways in the brain. Yes, yes, exactly. And all of these things are so interconnected. Yeah. This is part of the mind-body experience that we refer to but sometimes don't really understand you know how it actually operates and that is how how it operates you know as the mind begins to affect the nervous system the nervous system affects the body and the vibration affects what you actually attract into your life and so yeah. you know this is this is kind of the mapping out of if you can begin to change your thoughts and change your feelings and those things together then you really do change your your experience and then yeah. what's coming into your life suddenly seems a little different <laughs> it does and better <laughs> you and you you mentioned abundance right it's that yes. abundance mindset um, and I often remind myself that, you know, some days abundance is easy to yes. see. And on the days that it's not easy, I don't look for abundance. I look for what I call sufficiency. Mm. You know, it, it's, I have enough. I have everything I need, um, which in itself makes me happy. Yeah. And that feeling is really close to the feeling of abundance because when you have more than you need 
I, I mean, I, we all can think about what does abundance actually mean to us, right? For me, abundance mm. means really more than I need. I mean, it's so so full that it's overflowing. And when you're feeling sufficient, you're on the way to vibrating at more than what I want. You're at, I'm, I've got what I need. I've got what I want, right? And if I don't have what I want, I'm happy with what I have, right? For now. For yeah. Now. yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I have a client friend who I watched her... Um, probably about 10 years ago, dedicate herself to uh, truly adopting an abundance mindset. And I watched her literally begin to transform her life and, and the outside transformed from her actually doing just what you said, which was, I have everything I need. I have right now everything that i want around me this feels very sufficient it feels like you know looking at the small things you know going and just being able to say oh i can reach right over here and just grab my lemon water and i'm really you know this is what i want and need right now so i'm so happy to have exactly what i want that that feeling right begins to expand into more moments of your day when you do when you do that it becomes a pattern that you develop right and it does transform your life and i watched it with her how powerfully it can it can happen yeah and that i'd love to know more about that and and just when i see that happen to either friends or family or even my clients um often the things we take for granted yeah are the things that weigh us down, you know, our stagnant energy. And then when we shift into that abundant mindset or just gratitude as a, as a way of being, not even a practice, but a way of being, we no longer take things for granted. We are grateful to have all of the simplest ordinary aspects in our life, like the lemon water, right? I know, I know. I got to have a lemon in my water today. I feel really happy. <laughs> you know, it's not just water. It actually has a lemon in it. That's good stuff, right? Yeah. And and not overlooking that because it's so easy to begin to overlook that. And I think sometimes the more you have, then you can begin to overlook that. So coming back and being in that space of, you know, a treat would be lemon water. Like that, that reminds you how the simple things do please and getting more and more isn't necessarily what pleases us. So it isn't that abundance, you know, I've had people say to me, Oh, abundance, you know, what is it? It's more than what you need. It's silly. Why are we all focusing on that kind of thing? And in some respects that is true because if you have more than what you need, what are you going to do with it all? You know, and we live in a culture of everybody's has so much material stuff and we're, we're unhappy. So it doesn't really create happiness. So it's the idea of really feeling that feeling of appreciating what you have. And that's what we're talking about this week, you know, and why we want to bring it into this experience of the Thanksgiving week, because what are we giving thanks for? What are we appreciating in our lives? What do we feel grateful for? And how can we actually feel it? Not just say it, but feel it, right? And I'm glad you brought up the material things as a, a component, if you will, of the abundance mindset. But what if, what if, maybe I'm going to encourage our listeners, yeah. what if you begin to think about abundance in all that you are? Yes rather than all that you have, yeah. right? So, um, because I, I do in my own practice, 
I believe that the comparison to others ruins the abundance and the gratitude. Um, and so, you know, it's feeling like you have an abundance of what you have and, and maybe you have what some people may judge as too much. When you compare yourself to others that don't have enough, then you start to, the feelings, it's no longer a happy feeling, right? It's no longer a satisfaction or fulfillment. Um, it brings up other emotions, maybe shame or guilt. And then on the flip side is when you're focused on people that have more abundance than you, no matter how abundant you feel, that comparison to other people still ruins it. And so I try to think about the abundance of all that I am, all that I give, and all that I have access to around me in, and this is probably, you know, the physical world, the spiritual world, and not necessarily the material world, right? The abundance of energy and love and flow in my life is what so many times I'm most grateful for. Absolutely. I so agree with you, Laurel. And I, I think that's a great challenge for our listeners is to begin a gratitude practice, but don't have it be about material things, right? Ha make sure that you're, you're, you're creating a list that's non-material as well as material, you know? And if you, because again, it's that idea of what are you already experiencing or what do you have access to that you can feel that sense of gratitude for, whether you have the car you want or not, you know, whether you're living in the home that you really want to be living in or not. It's this idea of what's in your relationships, what's in your daily life, what's in your heart, you know, that you even, even wanting the feeling of wanting or longing for a certain something, you can feel grateful for that feeling. It's a really interesting practice to say that, right? Because any desire in our heart is the impulse to become creative. Mm. And so, you know, appreciating that desire in your heart as a creative force in your life is, can be a beautiful thing. I love that. It's so warming just thinking about that as, you know, longing as a creative expression or as a creative creative opening yeah. you're inviting in what you don't currently have yeah. in a way that you're grateful for it before you even receive it yeah yeah, mm. yeah. and exploring it internally more than just the feeling we're we are in a in such a uh, uh instant gratification culture you know and have been for so long and i think honestly some of life is conspiring to get us out of it <laughs> Our, our life is organizing to get us out of that instant gratification experience and instead, you know, be able to latch on to other aspects of experiencing life and creating life and not just the end result. Fast yeah. and furious, right? Yeah. So how, what does your gratitude practice look like in your life? Yeah, I think in my life it's... Uh, in the morning, more often than not, in my meditation practice, I have some um, something in that half hour, hour that I'm sitting where I brought back to really feeling into the gratitude of even that moment, just that moment of sitting in that space. And oftentimes that will lead me into a more expansive sense of what am I grateful for right now in my life? 
feeling it, really being with it, um, taking the time while I'm in it to even say a prayer of thanks to whoever that is I'm thinking of or whatever it is that has changed or shifted and, and has brought me into that place of feeling grateful. Um, you know, just sending out appreciation for that. I think that, uh, and then, it, you know, at the holiday, I'll come into the holiday. The last few, I started probably a gratitude practice when my kids were young at the at the Thanksgiving holiday where we circled up whoever was there for dinner with us we'd circle up and we'd share what we were grateful for and in the last couple of years my daughter has kind of taken over leading that process and she's shifted it a little bit to what or what do you appreciate in your life or or we might do it turn to somebody on your left and tell them what you appreciate about them. And it's interesting, the little subtle difference in what are you grateful for and what do you appreciate? There's a actual, a little interesting, subtle um, energy difference with that. It makes it more personal when you say, what are you appreciating? It turns, turns, turns you to look at what it is that you you are looking towards and are grateful for and you begin to appreciate it. it's like you're sending out energy of thanks mm. to that other thing rather than being self-focused it's interest interesting practice i've i've really loved that it's really fun yeah yeah and how about you what's your practice like right now laurel so i typically do you know my grateful list of things i'm grateful for in the morning mm. but in my evening you know, I do a lot of journaling in the evening. And so that is my time where I really am reflecting on more than just the immediate presence, I'll say present, you know, I, it's, it's a, a gratitude practice in the evening that is much more comprehensive. Um, and sometimes even being grateful for the lessons that hard things have taught me, you know, that comes out a lot in my journaling. Um, and my, my hope for the future comes out in my journaling in a, in a way of appreciating, you know, what I don't have and what, what I strive to be. Um, so that's, you know, really where my practice is now. Um, I also am one to stop and notice things during the day. And really, you know, it's one of the things I think my husband will often roll his eyes um, some, sometimes you know, and I just appreciate the magnitude or the magnificence of the world around us. Um, yeah. And I've been doing that for a long time. I have a story when we were hiking it was in, in the early 90s when we were new to, newly in a couple, I guess it was mid 90s, and we were hiking up in Acadia National Park and I gave thanks and praise. It was a, just the most amazing rock formation that gave steps, you know, to in our, in our hike. Yeah. And as I was giving, you know, appreciation for the power of the universe and a God who put these rocks right where they needed to be. My husband looked at me and said, you don't think that the trail builders did that? And, <laughs> and while he appreciates the trail builders. I am appreciating the universe, right? And so it's so much fun still 26 years, 30 years later, however many years that we still we share gratitude and appreciation for all that there is in very different ways. Yeah, yeah. and that it's also beautiful. Notice yeah. it because what we notice is also different. I always feel like nature brings me to my to my knees, literally in gratitude. That's so many times when when I'm really letting myself feel the fullness of the beauty of what I'm looking at. It is literally um, 
Yeah, it makes me just feel so, so grateful for yeah. this beautiful earth that we live on and are part of. Yeah. You know, I have another gratitude practice that I did for a few years and I, and I brought this to my children when they were adults as well, but it came over the gratitude of, of monetary, you know, and so trying to work through the feeling of, of not having enough um, money in my life at one point when I didn't have uh, an overabundance of money in my life, um, but carrying a $100 bill mm-hmm. and and every day saying, I have enough money to buy that if I want to, or that if I want to, or that if I want to. And it was shocking how quickly it shift shifted my, you know, my perception of what I was lacking. Yeah. Um, so I, so I think- I love that one, Laurel. That's <laughs> great. That is a great practice and a great reminder of it's all choice too, right? It's all how we're choosing to look at it and how we're choosing to experience it and and what what we really need versus what we really want, you know, and, and where's that want really come from? I mean, it really helps you explore that and play with that in, an, in a different kind of way, doesn't it? Mm. And the play, I think, is really important, right? Mm-hmm. You know, talking about changing the energy behind our appreciation and gratitude, having a playful, joyful approach to, in our thoughts really helps I think appreciate more in our life yeah yeah Yeah. um would you share you were sharing with me about um having people write some gratitudes and then a jar actually and I loved that idea so you share that idea with us and share from that a little bit sure and this is our Thanksgiving our Thanksgiving tradition is um I host every other year and you know it's not unusual for me to have 25 people at in my home for Thanksgiving. Um, And so the last two years ago, pre-COVID, it was, I guess, 2019, was um, I had a gratitude jar and pieces of construction, colored construction papers and and, um, paper and asked everyone to write something they were grateful for. And we put it in a jar and um, it became, what we read it during dessert, right? You know, so we started our meal with the typical, grace and and people contributing to that and then ended in a dessert with reading um, anonymous what everyone around that table was grateful for and it was so incredible um, and and we also had a um, a wish jar for the future and this ties into what you were saying about you know kind of that longing of what and that was fun as well and my intention with the with the future one was to read it the next year when we were all back at the t- at someone else's table together, um, and of course we didn't get together in 2020 for Thanksgiving. So I'm hoping that this year we will all be back together, and I still have that jar unopened. You know, I can't wait to see what people were forecasting. I'm going to say as what they wanted to bring into their life, and and how closely that will look. Or, or fit with what they're grateful for now in their lives. So that will be fun. Yeah. Um, and I think I did tell you that I have, I carry one of these pieces of construction paper with me in my journal now, and I read it almost every day. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to share it with you and the listeners. It's my favorite. Yeah. I don't know who wrote this. I have no idea. But it says, if I were to have one wish for all of the tomorrows that are yet to be, it would be this that I have the presence and good memory to cherish every blessed moment. 
And I carry that with me just as a reminder that we do need to be present and have presence of mind and good memory to cherish um, what we have in our life. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's so beautiful. Laurel, I, you know, for some reason it's bringing me to um, this place of which somehow fits in, but I'm not really sure. So I'm going to talk it out a little bit here. Mm -hmm. Um, It's making me think about uh, a book I'm reading right now, which is called The Path of Least Resistance. And I can't remember the author's name right in this moment. So I'll put it in the the notes here for the podcast. Um, And it's a book about creativity. And it's really written from, well, from perspective of somebody who is an artist, but who also teaches about the process of creativity. And one of the main things that he shares and really instills in us as the reader is the understanding that we really weren't conditioned to come into the world to get clear about what we want. We were conditioned to come into the world and get clear about what we're supposed to do and what we're supposed to have and what the next thing is that you're, you know, whatever. And and this idea of creativity, true creativity and be, becoming a creative force, right, is the beginning part of it is you, you have to know what you want because you have to get clear on what you're trying to produce as a creative. And um, and so I think, I think it's like as we were talking and getting more into this idea of, you know, uh, what we want and what we might not have, I think sometimes we approach it from a sense of scarcity and lack rather than that idea of what we want in our heart is a longing that keeps us creative. And how can we see it as that and be a little more maybe detached from it so that we can get about crafting a life that we really do want to be living. And that's some beautiful work. That is really beautiful. Mm. And that creativity, you know, it, it makes me think about how often we, you know, when we try to create something, you know, whether it's at work or those of us who work for ourselves and we sit down and we are intent in producing something. And oftentimes, you know, that push doesn't bring us what, it does not bring us to a creative place. So I love the, you know, the thought about um, just creating a sense of, of longing mm-hmm. and letting something flow from that without the scarcity, right? right, right. Um, and I, I often lead my clients through a process of feeling and letting the feeling you want to feel be your guiding light for how the choices you make in life, right? And so rather than thinking about what what you want, how do you wanna feel? And then living fully to discover what makes you feel that way. Yeah, yeah. And that is a creative way of living rather than the old way I used to live with the check boxes and spreadsheets of, of achievable, attainable goals. Yeah. Well, I do, because I do think that when you discover what you want, 
from a from a more soulful place not from the place of conditioning but from a place of what's really in your heart and in your soul you get excited you don't get afraid you might get a little afraid but it's an excited afraid right it's like ooh, the afraid is more like could I possibly do that can I really go for that right but it's excited and so when we think about how we want to feel more often than not we want to feel these kind of vibrations of happiness, excited, content, peaceful, right? They're all things that are more related to a pure, they're closer to getting, I think, in touch with what we want. Because when we, when, we, when we are thinking about what we want, right? Or when we want something, the desire is, there's an excitement behind it when we're, when we're getting clear about what we want. There's, there's real, you know, um, yeah, like uh, your eyes light up, right? And mm. you're like, ooh, wouldn't that be great, right? It's not like, oh, I have to do that. <laughs> right? You don't feel that way about it. You go, wow. Yeah, yeah. And we've been, as he says in the book, we've been so focused on process and what are the steps to get to a certain result when we sometimes don't even want that result or we're not even clear about the result that we want. And so then we're kind of on a, on a path that takes us on and off and on and off and oscillating and, you know, unhappy, generally speaking. So, yeah. yeah. And that, and that fits in really well with when you were talking about, um, you know, feeling gratitude and feeling appreciation, right? Because oftentimes, you know, in my list, if I'm writing three things every day or 10 things every day, oftentimes I repeat the same thing I'm grateful for. And there's less of a feeling of a, of a energetic charge or an excitement, you know, um, it's a more solid feeling that is stable and safe, but doesn't have that vibration of excitement or newness. And so, you know, I love that thought as you, you know, go through and develop a, a gratitude practice, notice the feeling in your body yeah. as to be somewhat of an indicator of those things that are, are not cognitive, you know, gratitude. It's really embodied gratitude. Yes, yes, yes. And such a different feeling. When we're mm. out of our head, just the head part of gratitude, but in the full body experience of gratitude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I love that. Um, so let's see, as we begin to kind of wrap up here, Laurel, what what's coming up for you? I mean, we could offer certainly, um, you know, in, invite listeners to start a gratitude practice if they haven't. Um, but what else is coming up around some, you know, like a challenge or a sense of, newness around this idea of gratitude shall we say sure, yeah. yeah so i think it would be fun for our listeners um and and uh, and us yeah. to bring something new into our thanksgiving holiday mm. right often we have a tradition that is so so much the same year after year mm-hmm. from what we serve to what is for dessert to you know the hour at which we dine right <laughs> yeah so, Bring something new into your Thanksgiving holiday that really um, invites your your guests, your family, and yourself to embody gratitude a little bit 
deeper and differently than you have in the past on that one day. Yeah. Yeah. That's great, Laurel. I'm going to, um, I'm going to play with that one a little bit too. I think mine relates to that a little bit, but maybe has a little different twist. And I think my challenge to our listeners is when you think about, you know, the day, the Thanksgiving day and what your plan is, what is one thing that you can make sure you have in that day that you really want to be doing so that at the end of the day, you can be grateful for that experience. Because I think that, you know, many times when I'm working with people, they aren't really enjoying the holiday the way that they want to, or they aren't uh, enjoying the company the way that they really want to be. And so we feel somewhat powerless over our holiday experience. And how do you begin to change that around? And I think you begin to change it around by starting to make small moves towards making the day what you want it, more of what you want it to be. And when you're clear about what you want it to be, then you can take action to start to make the changes. And so, you know, just the idea of saying, okay, I'm going to, I know I want to, you know, get in touch with nature that day, right? Well, do something that day to get outside and, and make a devotion or a dedication to nature, you know, and feel good at the end of the day. Say, yeah, that was part of my day. That, that was how I, you know, I feel good that I, that I spent part of my day the way I wanted to. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that because, you know, so many times holidays are about our obligations and responsibilities to other people. So I think it is really important to, to add something that, you want to do for you because of you rather than for everyone else out of obligation. Yeah. Yeah. And also it uh, challenges us too to start to play with sometimes I know, I know when my kids were younger and I started experimenting with the holidays and what we were doing and doing it a little differently and it started to help me sort out the parts of the rituals and the ceremonies and the things that we did yearly that I did like, and then the parts that I didn't like. And so that I could start to craft it to be more of what I wanted and start to let go of some of the traditions that really didn't fit for me and who I was. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so important. Yeah. So I know before we close off, I just want to say a heartfelt thank you to our listeners. And we have, you know, we have a, a, a small dedicated group of listeners. I mean, I get some really beautiful notes of thank you from um, some dedicated listeners. And I, I feel so grateful that we are being received and that we are helping support others on their beautiful work and that they're partaking in this idea of beautiful work, beautiful life, because we know they're, they're some of the people that are really helping to make the world a more beautiful place. So I thank you listeners for being with us. I have a few of um, loyal listeners as well that reach out to me after they listen. And I too am so grateful and appreciate all of the feedback and the time that they take to be thoughtful about how they're choosing to spend their time because that is part of the beautiful work yeah and thankful that they are spending part of their own time with us so yeah yeah so um we send you lots of love for a holiday that feels really good at the end of the day we hope that you can sit and look back and say hmm i'm grateful for that day yeah Mm. yeah that would be my wish Mm. Mine too. Yeah. All right. 
Thank you, Laurel. We'll be back again for more of Beautiful Work, Beautiful Life. So grateful for you, Laurel, and we'll see you soon. <laughs> Thank you, Laurel. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us here at Beautiful Work, Beautiful Life, the podcast. We welcome questions from you, our listeners. Feel free to send one along. If you enjoyed the podcast, the best compliment we receive is when you share the podcast with a friend. Thanks for being with us to elevate the conversation and open up new pathways for all of us.